Welcome to episode 41 of the Neural Network. Today, we're embarking on an illuminating journey into the realm of optogenetics and its groundbreaking applications in stem cell research. So, if you want to live forever or you just want to live pain-free for the rest of your life, this episode might be for you. Stay tuned. All right, so apologies about the voice. Uh, I've been a little bit under the weather, and the voice seems to be the last thing that always comes back. So we're still dealing with the uh, the raspiness, if you will. But nonetheless, we're still going to talk about some stem cells in this episode and some applications with optogenetics. So imagine if we had a magic wand, if you will, that could control how cells behave, guides them to transform into different types of tissues. Sounds something kind of crazy out of a sci-fi novel, right? Well, science fiction meets reality in the form of optogenetics in the field uh, that's just fascinating, I believe, but also revolutionizes the way that we understand and manipulate cellular processes. So again, there's been a different episode in the past that we've gone specifically into how optogenetics works, but today we're going to be talking about a paper that uses it for something that's a little bit different than the normal. Normally, optogenetics is often used in neuroscience research, which is where many of its processes were found, but now it's actually taking that technology and applying it to other areas of the body, which I think is fascinating. So in this episode, we're going to be diving into a cutting-edge study titled Optogenetic Manipulation of BMP Signaling to Drive Chondrogenic Differentiation of Human Pluripotent Stem Cells. So this research, I think it's another one of those studies that's not just kind of a milestone in science exploration, but it's kind of a, a beacon of hope, if you will, for future medical advancements, in my unbiased uh, opinion, of course. So throughout this episode, we're going to explore how these scientists have used light, yes, light to steer stem cells into becoming cartilage. Uh, it's a study that showcases some of the mar uh, some of the what's the word marvels of modern biology, but it also opens up some of the new frontiers in uh, regenerative medicine, which is a topic of hot button issue as of late. So. Again, whether you're a seasoned scientist, a curious student, or just someone fascinated by the wonders of the human body. That's what we're going to talk about today. So let's dive into the core concept of today's topic, optogenetics. So this term might sound complex, but I promise by the end of the segment, you'll not only understand what it means, but also appreciate its revolutionary impact on science. And if you already know a thing or two about optogenetics, my apologies. So just sit tight as we go through this. So picture this, you're playing a video game and you have a special controller, one that can Control the characters with the press of a button. So optogenetics is somewhat similar, but instead of video game characters, scientists are controlling cells. So it gives you sort of this temporal and spatial control of different cells within the body. So yes, the uh, the building blocks that make up our life, all different cells. So optogenetics is a blend of genetics and optics, right? It involves the use of light in order to control cells within living tissue. Now, how is it possible? Uh, generally, we genetically modify the cells so that they respond to the light. So you insert a light-sensitive protein that allows the cells to actually respond to them. And then when exposed to the light, these cells behave in a predetermined way, either exciting them or inhibiting them, or as we're going to find out today, uh, modifying the dimerization of proteins. But uh, like, you know, so in other words, you, you shine it with light and it's like turning certain functions on or off. So the technique, again, was a was a brainchild of neuroscience, neuroscientists who first used it to study the brain activity. 
Um, so again, like imagine illuminating specific neurons and watching them turn on or off. Neurons like to go bing, bang, pop. And so you turn it on and it goes pop, 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 or you turn it on and it stops. So it provides insights to how brain circuits work. So it's kind of like having a, a microscopic light switch for the brain, but it's not just about turning things on and off. The real beauty of optogenetics really lies in the precision. Scientists can target specific types of cells and control them at specific times. So again, it gives you this very precise temporal and spatial control over different cells. And so the precision is kind of like, uh, let's think of like a conductor leading an orchestra, right? Ensuring that each instrument plays at the right moment, creating a symphony of cellular processes. That's a, a good way to put it. So uh, the applications of it, though, are vast, right? Uh, from understanding brain disorders to potentially even treating them. And again, it's not just limited to the brain. Optogenetics is making waves across various fields of biology lately, allowing scientists um, to explore a lot of the inner workings of many different cell types like never before. So in a nutshell, optogenetics is a groundbreaking um, tool that brings together light and genetics to control cellular behavior. It's really a testament to a lot of the ingenuity of science lately and a key that's unlocking many of the mysteries of life. Okay, so with a foundational understanding of optogenetics under our belt, let's dive into uh, the depths of the specific study that we're focusing on today. Again, optogenetic manipulation of BMP signaling to drive chondrogenic differentiation in human uh, pluripotent stem cells. It was published in Cell Reports by, ooh, let's see who the authors were. Uh, we got Paul Humphreys as the first author and Susan Kimber as the last author. So this is part of the Division of Cell Metrics and Regenerative Medicine at the School of Biological Sciences uh, at the University of Manchester, Oxford, in Manchester in the UK. Kind of cool. Okay, so human pluripotent stem cells or HPSCs as sometimes they're called are kind of like chameleons of the cellular world, if you will. So they have an incredible ability to transform into any type of cell in the body. The challenge, however, has always been, though, how do you actually control this transformation process precisely and accurately? So now enter a main character of this uh, paper, the optogenetic system called OptoBMP, which is created by the ingenious minds of these researchers. Uh, and their colleagues, and the system uses light to manipulate something called bone morphogenic protein, or BMP signaling. It's a key player in guiding stem cells to actually become cartilage. So think of BMP signaling as a set of instructions, which tells stem cells what to become, right? So normally this process is like following a recipe with a list of ingredients, uh, which is you take these cells, and then you sprinkle on growth factors, you put your hands together, and you pray that they turn into what you actually want them to turn into. And especially if you're a graduate student trying to graduate, you really hope that they turn into what you'd want them to turn into. Otherwise, you have to restart. So what these researchers did was akin to replacing a key ingredient of these growth factors with something entirely different, in this case, light. So they genetically modified these human pluripotent stem cells using CRISPR-Cas9 technique. Yes, you've uh, may have heard of this in the context of gene editing. It's just a way to uh, insert different genes into systems. And so in this case, they did that into cells. And so they in inserted uh, what they called the opto-BMP system into these cells, which makes them responsive to blue light. Now, here's where it gets fascinating. By simply exposing these modified cells to blue light, the researchers could initiate and control the process of chondrogenesis, which is the development of cartilage. 
It's like flipping on a light switch and watching a room transform. But in this case, you're flipping on a light switch and watching cells turn into uh, cartilage. So the study, though, wasn't uh, just about making cells respond to light, right? It's a leap forward in understanding how we can guide stem cells in the journey of becoming specific tissues, an essential step for advancements in regenerative medicine and tissue engineering. So let's delve a little deeper into the actual science of bone morphogenic protein or BMP signaling and chondrogenesis, breaking down these complex concepts into a bit more digestible parts. So BMP standing for, again, bone morphogenic protein is a is part of a larger family known as the transforming growth factor beta or TGF beta. It's like a set of instructions or commands that guides cells in your body, right? And so in the case of BMP, these instructions are crucial for the development of things like bones and cartilage. So you can imagine BMP signaling as a sophisticated communication network, if you will, in your body. And so when a BMP molecule binds to its specific receptor on a cell, it's kind of like dialing a number on a phone to send a message. So the message, though, uh, then triggers a cascade of events inside the cell akin to a series of dominoes falling one after the other. And that's sort of the best analogy that uh, I can come up with for second messenger signaling. Now, what are these actual processes that make up the dominoes that are falling? Specifically, these events involve things like phosphorylation, uh, which is a process where a phosphate group is added to proteins, which changes their function. So here, the BMP receptors activate proteins called SMADs, S-M-A-D-S. And so these activated SMADs then pair up and move to the cell's nucleus where our DNA is stored. Once there, they kind of act like switches, and then they turn on genes essential for, in this case, chondrogenesis, which is the process of forming cartilage. And so con and so anything with genesis at the end just means that it's making something new. In the case of chondro, chondrocyte, I believe is sort of the uh, the base of it, which forms a lot of the cartilage. So chondrogenesis, make new cartilage. Okay. So chondrogenesis itself though is, is a fascinating journey. It starts with uh, versatile cells called mesenchymal stem, mesenchymal stem cells, or some people call them mesenchymal stem cells. I don't know which one is right. So just pick one. Uh, they're kind of like clay. Uh, so they're capable of being molded into various forms. So under uh, BMP signaling guidance, then these cells condense and they, they begin to transform themselves into chondrocytes, which are the cells that make up our cartilage. So these chondrocytes are like specialized workers, if you will, they uh, producing and assembling the materials that are needed for cartilage, uh, which is not just essential for our joints, but also for things like our ears and our nose, other important structures around our body that are made up of cartilage, things that connect your ribs as well. Um, so to sum up, BMP signaling is, is kind of a, a masterful organ orchestration at the cellular level. It directs the fate of stem cells with very high precision. Um, and this study, uh, use of the optogenetics in order to actually manipulate the BMP signaling is akin to having, again, a remote control for the process, which offers new ways to understand and potentially repair our body's tissue by making new collagen, or not collagen, making new uh, cartilage, excuse me. All right, so let's take a look then at a technical look at the methodologies and the, the different procedures that were central to the study. And of course, understanding these usually offers us a clear view of how optogenetics can actually be applied in stem cell research. So the pivotal component of this research was the development, again, of opto of the opto-BMP signal, or the, the opto-BMP system. There we go got it out. So the system is an optogenetic tool designed to control BMP signaling. 
And again, that's a key pathway in cell differentiation, especially chondrogenesis. So the BMP signaling pathway is crucial for the induction of cartilage formation from pluripotent stem cells. So to integrate the system into actual human embryonic stem cells, what the researchers did is they used CRISPR-Cas9 technology. So this genome editing tool again allows for precise insertion of, in this case, the opto-BMP constructs into a specific locus in the stem cell genome. In this case, that, that specific locus was the AAVS1 safe harbor site. So the site is known for its ability to support robust and stable expression of inserted genes without disrupting endogenous gene function. So it allows you to insert things into there without actually disrupting the function of um, the gene itself. Because one of the drawbacks sometimes with optogenetics is in order to insert the protein into, let's say, a specific type of cell, it often renders that cell, uh, let's say, um, insensitive to the effects of the receptor that you might be targeting. So if you want to target cells, let's say that that uh, express a glutamate receptor, for example, let's say. It doesn't always happen with the glutamate receptor. Maybe that's a bad example. Let's take the mu opioid receptor because this is, this is a case where it does happen. If you want to use optogenetics in order to manipulate cells that express the mu opioid receptor, you can insert that optogenetic or that channel rhodopsin, that, uh, that optical sensitive protein into the cell membrane in order to turn them on with the use of light. But when you do that, it replaces the normal receptor and it renders it non-functional anymore. And so as a result of inserting this uh, light-sensitive protein, you can trigger these cells to be active under the presence of light, but they're no longer sensitive to their normal ligand, in that case, the endogenous opioids. And so it's one of the things that uh, is very much necessary when it comes to controlling for these experiments. So the nice thing here. Uh, with these authors, what they did was they inserted it into a site, uh, this opto-BMP system, into a site that doesn't have effects on the endogenous gene function itself. So the opto-BMP system then itself functions via light-induced dimerization of membrane-bound type 1 and type 2 BMP-like receptors. So this mechanism is pivotal because it mimics the natural ligand receptor interaction in BMP signaling. And so anytime that we have something that's called dimerization, it just means that you're taking two parts and you're putting them together. And so in this case, it takes membrane-bound type 1 and type 2 BMP-like receptors, dimerizes them, uh, which then allows them to actually function as they normally would. So upon blue light illumination, these receptors dimerize and it triggers the downstream BMP signaling cascade within the cells. So in order for this BMP signaling cascade to actually uh, occur, you need to have that dimerization of the receptors. And so it's kind of cool because you can now control with the light the dimerization of those receptors in order to trigger the rest of the downstream process that's necessary in order for the chondrogenesis. So the precision of this, me of this uh, method is what's kind of remarkable. So by controlling the timing and the intensity of the light exposure, the researchers can finely tune the activation of BMP signaling which is really cool. You can turn it up. You can have a lot of BMP signaling. You can turn it down. You can have less. And then you have very specific temporal control over it. You can turn it on exactly when it needs to and turn it off exactly when it doesn't need it anymore. So this level of control is a very significant advancement over the traditional differentiation methods, which typically involve adding, again, recombinant the growth factors uh, to typically a culture medium. Put your hands together and pray and hope it works. So this approach uh, with the with the opto BMP also allowed for again, like I said, the temporal control 
over the differentiation. So you can apply light at specific stages of stem cell cultures, uh, which could influence the direction of the differentiation more dynamically uh, and closely resembling the natural developmental cues in vivo uh, in the whole animal. Because sometimes when you take cells and you just bathe them in these growth factors, it doesn't necessarily mimic the uh, precise application of these growth factors like might happen in the in the whole body system. And so with these light with the light method, you can control exactly when you give um, the activation of these downstream signaling pathways. So in summary, uh, the core of the research lies in its innovative use of optogenetics combined with precise genetic engineering and controlled environmental manipulation. So the study demonstrates a novel application for optogenetics and stem cell biology, but I think it also sets kind of a new standard for precision in directing stem cell fate itself. All right, so now let's dive into the more technical aspects of the study's results while uh, ensuring that we actually keep them accessible to the best uh, of my ability. So the key outcome of this research was the successful induction of chondrogenic differentiation in human embryonic stem cells via opto-BMP activation. So this was achieved through precise blue light stimulation, which initiated BMP signaling pathways in those genetically modified cells. So the researchers then conducted transcriptomic analysis, which revealed that the light stimulation significantly upregulated genes associated with BMP signaling. That's how they actually figured out what was going on. So genes like things called ID one, ID2, ID4, and BMP pathway inhibitors such as CHRD and CHRDL1 were notably more active. And so this upregulation is a clear indication that, at least to the researchers, that, opto -BM that the opto-BMP system was effectively mimicking natural BMP signaling. So to put it in simpler terms, the, the light acted like a switch, turning on the specific programs and instructed the cells to start developing into cartilage. And you can test which things are actually being turned on and how these downstream signaling pathways are being activated. And you can compare it to the natural uh, progression of these pathways to see how they compare. So it's akin to using, uh, with, the, with the light, it's akin to using sort of the specific software command to start a complex computer operation. And then, you know, they were able to compare that to the normal uh, computer operation of the cell itself and then see that they're pretty much the same. So Interestingly, though, uh, the cells differentiated with the opto-BMP exhibited unique transcriptional profiles compared to those induced by traditional BMP growth factors. And so while, yes, you turn on the light, you get this BMP signaling pathway to be triggered. It's a little bit different, though, than what happens under normal situations. So this is evident in differential expression of key chondrogenic genes, such as COL2A1, which I guess plays a critical role in forming a cartilage matrix. And so if you think of sort of this tree of downstream signaling pathways, the light turns on the upper tree, right? Just as the, the upper portion of the tree, just as uh, normal growth factors would. But then as you start to get into these complex uh, downstream signaling pathways, you start to get more branches on that tree of specific growth or specific um, secondary messenger systems that are activated. And the optogenetic uh, activation of them uh, turned on that top portion of the tree, just like the normal growth factors did. But then when it came down to those downstream signaling pathways, there was a little bit of a difference. So um, the light differentiated cells were um, 
more key to form these cells, uh, more, more key to turn these uh, stem cells into cartilage matrix, right? So um, the light differentiated cells then were capable of forming hyaline-like cartilage tissue in vitro. Uh, so this this tissue closely resembles natural cartilage in structure and composition, which includes the presence of these key extracellular matrix components like type 2 collagen and agrican. So these are just different extracellular matrix proteins that you can compare to normal tissue to see what kind of tissue that these stem cells are actually producing. And so that's how they were able to figure out that uh, they were of these hyaline-like cartilage tissues. So the creation of those tissues in a controlled lab environment is is kind of a big significant stride forward uh, in tissue engineering because it gives you this very um, precise control of making this very specific type of cartilage, which can be useful. So in essence, the results not only demonstrate the efficacy of optogenetic approaches in stem cell differentiation, but they do highlight the nuanced differences in cellular outcomes based on the method of induction. You use light, you get more of a hyaline light cartilage tissue in vitro, you use the normal growth factors, you get something a little bit different. So it opens up new avenues for precisely engineering tissue types for regenerative medicine applications. So as we near the conclusion of the discussion of this paper, because my voice is not going to make it much longer, it's crucial to contemplate the broader implications of the study and the future directions that it paves in the field of regenerative medicine and developmental biology. So the successful use of optogenetics to drive chondrogenesis in human pluripotent stem cells marks a significant advancement in tissue engineering. Imagine the potential, right, of growing precise, patient-specific cartilage for a transplant or developing targeted treatments for cartilage-related conditions like osteoarthritis. So if you have something like osteoarthritis, you can now take human pluripotent stem cells. You can differentiate them into these types of cartilage, and you may be able to then use them as a uh, means to replace some of those ones that are osteoarthritic in order to actually reduce some of the pain. Now, this is sort of a pie in the sky kind of thing, because you can't just like necessarily take tissue and inject it in and hope for the best and that it replaces uh, the old damaged tissue. That's one of the things with the stem cells that's always kind of a little bit debated is the weird thing is, is like for certain tissues, you know, whether it be brain or whether it be cartilage of the elbow or whether it be muscle cells, uh, the, the question always is, is if you inject stem cells, how do you actually control them in order to go where you want them to go and differentiate into what you want them to differentiate into? And you can certainly sort of uh, spike the batch that you're giving uh, into, let's say, a patient in order to preferentially drive them one way versus the other. Uh, but but ultimately, it would be kind of cool if you were able to just actually give stem cells into someone and then they go to where they need to go and they replace what they need to replace. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not always the case. And so having very temporal and very specific control over some of these stem cells, you might be able to modify them before you give them to a patient. Uh, and then you can sort of then direct them exactly into the type of tissue that they need to after you sort of uh, coerce them in order to go towards the tissue type that they need to go to. So you can actually drive them, let's say, into the cartilage and then say, okay, now start to make yourself into cartilage tissue. You know, um, the other case is that you can actually grow the cartilage in a dish and you can do a cartilage type of transplant. Um, again, so the the options are that that with this new technology of being able to optogenetically control the expression of different um, 
human embryonic stem cells, it really sort of advances again that regenerative type of um, medicine and really advances the field. The research again also underscores the power of optogenetics as a tool for precise cellular manipulation. So it's kind of like we've now been given a new set of keys to unlock the mysteries of cellular development and differentiation. The specificity and control of the technology um, that it offers could revolutionize many of our approaches to understanding and manipulating cell fate. However, it's important to acknowledge that the study does have limitations. One key aspect is understanding how closely optogenetic stimulation actually mimics natural BMP signaling. Like I said, there were slight differences when they actually looked at the downstream pathways. So future research could aim to dissect this further, potentially comparing optogenetic approaches with traditional methods in various cellular contexts. Um, and then moreover, expanding this research to different cell types and genetic backgrounds will be vital. It's nice to be able to make cartilage, but it'd be cool if we could make uh, even more advanced types of tissues. So it will help to validate in, uh, the versatility and application of optogenetic methods across a broader spectrum of cell biology and tissue engineering. So in summary, this study not only showcases uh, a novel application in stem cell biology, but also sets the stage for future explorations that could transform our understanding of human development and regenerative medicine. So Again, apologies, short episode. My voice isn't going to make it. So www.theneuronetwork.org and stay tuned for a, another episode. All right, bye.